Hey everybody, this is The Wildlife, and this is Devin. Today, we have a quick episode about seagulls. Whether or not seagulls even exist, donuts, french fries, excretions, and the hit sitcom, Friends. Today, we are answering the age-old question, why do seagulls love parking lots? I mean, seriously, it seems like every parking lot, especially Burger King, I don't know what's up with that, but every Burger King parking lot I've ever seen is loaded with seagulls. On a similar note, what is up with the fact that O'Reilly Auto Parts and Dollar General or Dollar Stores seem to always be right next to each other? Are they owned by the same company? There might be a conspiracy here. Anyway, back to seagulls. Most know them as seagulls. It's a name which implies a proclivity for the sea. Yet this familiar moniker is neither accurate, scientifically speaking, nor seems to really fall in line with the universal observation that gulls do in fact love parking lots or concrete or anything other than water, no matter their distance from the salty sea. But first, the name. Now, it might sound incredibly pretentious, believe me, I know, I recently shared a, a image about things that birders hate on social media, and I had about 15 messages from people um, asking me why, why, why did I share something that said something about not using uh, artificial hummingbird nectar, and... What's wrong with calling seagulls seagulls? The truth is, seagulls aren't seagulls at all. Nevertheless, their truest name isn't all that far off. It's simply, you know, subtract the sea and there you have it. There are over 50 species of gull around the world, all pretty much similar in appearance and behavior, yeah, but it's important because of the tendency to lump in other gull-like seabirds, like albatrosses and terns, some of which are endangered or near threatened, and lumping them all together kind of discounts that a little bit. And they're all interesting in their own right, and they deserve separate recognition. Either way, regardless, why is it that gulls are so often found in parking lots, sometimes hundreds of miles from the nearest large body of water? The answer is surprisingly simple. It's what draws millions of Americans to big parking lots every day, all the time. French fries. Okay, just kidding. Uh, not fries in particular, but they do certainly play a role in a sense. See, gulls are what we call opportunistic omnivores, meaning they basically live off of anything. They're, they're living literal garbage disposals. Fish, insects, worms, rodents, fries, my brioche donuts, eggs straight from the nest, Lizards, snakes, frogs, turtles, hamburgers, seeds, fruit, chips, garbage, crabs, other birds. The list goes on. I feel like I can make a good song. Or like a like a rap. Like a like a like a seagull food rap. From the perspective of a seagull. Of all the things that all the things I'd like to eat. I won't, but I could. Anyway, the list goes on. All of those things are equally pal palatable to a seagull, dead, alive, doesn't quite matter. This is factor one in understanding their propensity for parking lot loitering. Factor two is in the wide open spaces. Oceans, beaches, lakes, parking lots, rooftops, and the like all have one thing in common. They allow gulls to group up out in the open in such a way that gives them a straight line of sight on both potential food sources and potential predators. Wide open space makes a safe place. So, a little bit more on goals. 
one thing I didn't mention is the goal's beverage of choice. Anything. Yeah, you probably would have guessed that. But as far as water is concerned, they have evolved a very, very cool adaptation, which allows them to drink salt water. Normally, you can't do that. It will kill you. But seagulls can. They have what are called exocrine glands, which are positioned in the supraorbital grooves of their skulls, right above their eye. And those glands function by excreting the salt directly out of their nostril. So basically, they can gulp up a whole bunch of salt water and then just ooze the salt out of their nostril. Like salty boogies. Salty boogers. Salt boogers. Gulls are also like the Jurassic Park version of velociraptors. They're intelligent, curious, cunning, communicative, and they tend to display complex social behaviors, which you might not expect from a french fry guzzling rat with wings, as they're sometimes called, but like crows, gulls are known to mob predators or whoever else grinds their gears. I like to imagine they sound like the 1930s Italian gangsters if they could talk, but they can't, so it's not neither here or, or there. But can you just imagine it? Like <laughs> You're like trying to walk down the beach, and you got your french fries in your hand, and they're all like swooping over your head. Hey, man, hey, those are my fries. That was a terrible impression. I'll never do it again. Some gulls, like the ring-built gull, work together to actively steal food from other birds and people with unattended picnic baskets and a behavior known as kleptoparasitism. Some gulls have even been observed to land on the backs of whales to hitch a ride and eat parasites and bits of the whale's own flesh. Laughing gulls are particularly infamous for their tendency to destroy the eggs of other bird nests, which they've had a tremendous impact on the success and presence of other species you might otherwise find along different beaches and shorelines. Herring gulls are kind of like the chimpanzees of the bird world too, because their cleverness has been observed to extend to tool use, using other food as bait to catch small fish, which, if you ask me, that's that's pretty cool. As far as breeding and reproduction goes, without getting into the nitty-gritty details, gulls monogamously breed, and they nest on every single continent in these really large colonial groups, not like... Uh, uh, 1776 colonial, um, but, you know, large, large groups of colonies. And they typically return to the same nest site every year after migration. While their love tends to be lifelong, there are the occasional breakups, though nothing nearly on the scale of Ross and Rachel, but these divorces aren't super common, and, and they tend to be followed by years of social blacklisting. Like, no joke, if, if, like, if a guy and a gal goal decide to call it quits, Maybe that guy or, or the gal, either one, uh, basically is not going to have any luck at any parties for a very long time. Evidently, gulls are profoundly petty. Well, that is all for today. So before I go, I just want to thank all of our current patrons on patreon.com slash the wildlife. If you'd like to learn more about how you can support our show and the blog uh, and how to help us do some really cool things in the upcoming future. Check out that website, patreon.com slash thewildlife, and learn how you can uh, be involved in reading the credits, helping to interview guests, um, getting sonic super cool space high fives, and some other really neat stuff. Also remember to follow us on Instagram at DevinTheNatureGuy, that's my account, or uh, at thewildlife.blog, that's our official podcast account. 
The Wildlife is available wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. We'll probably read that rating on the show. But when you subscribe, when you leave a comment, when you leave a rating, that helps to boost up our podcast to be uh, a little bit more visible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate it. See you next time.